Hello, good people of Europe. In this episode, I am speaking with Joshua from the Art of Money Saving podcast. Joshua is, well, he still is an opera singer, but right now he doesn't have any gigs available due to COVID and the whole market collapsing because of it. And we are discussing what he is doing to pivot himself out of that situation as a self-employed person and the challenges he is facing, the questions he's asking himself and the process he's going through to go into new markets and what he's learning from the whole process, which I personally find very fascinating and we're having a very good chat around it so sit back relax and enjoy the show welcome to the financial independence europe podcast where we interview people from all 44 european countries all of them about optimizing your life geo arbitrage and making the most of your money this was your hosts alvar arminta and matthias It's great dreaming of all the things you'll be doing once you reach FI, but it feels even better helping others reach their dreams. That's where Kiva comes in. Kiva.org provides an online platform that allows people like us to crowdfund microloans of $25 from the comfort of our laptops. Kiva is a nonprofit that helps poor people living in mostly third world countries who don't earn much. Banks would not lend to them, which means they struggle to start and grow their own businesses. My name is Lance, and I've been on Kiva since 2008. And last year, I created a team on Kiva called Bring Hope to the World, and we're already in the top 2% of all Kiva teams. It would be amazing if you could join our team on Kiva and help us get to the top 1%. Thank you. Also, more information on how to sign up for Kiva, you can find in the show notes. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Fine Europe podcast. Today, I've got Josh with me. Hey, Josh. Hello. And today we're actually going to talk about how to deal with COVID as a self-employed person and how to pivot uh, out of the interesting current situation. Uh, so, Josh, if you, could you maybe just give the audience a quick breakdown of, you know, where you are about um, and just your story and kind of also maybe say a bit about, you know, where you were during like March, February time frame. Like, how did you feel? Yeah, so I, I'm Josh and I, I live in London, born and bred in, in Wales originally. And uh, I'm an opera singer. So I spent eight years in university doing my undergraduate master's degree in, in opera. That's kind of my niche. And that, that's what I do. So, yeah, I mean, all of my eggs, at least I felt, were very much in, in one basket. And in February time, I was in... I was in Taiwan, actually. <laughs> I had a, a really fantastic contract in, in Taiwan in this amazing theatre. Probably, well, not most definitely the pinnacle of my career, actually. That's just the, the, the most wonderful people, amazing atmosphere. It, it's just a fantastic gig. And came back to London and uh, then my, my diary got completely wiped out for, for eight months. So that was... Um, a very difficult transition, actually, going from kind of your career pinnacle directly into unemployment. But I'm, I've not been alone. You know, the, the whole arts industry is is kind of suffering at the moment, and it's it's quite unclear whether theatres will remain solvent. You know, but it's we're not we're not alone. Um, there's a lot of professions, a lot of industries at the moment that that are struggling. So the question is, is what do I do now? <laughs> And that's something that I've been uh, figuring out, I guess. Before uh, we start recording, we had a very long chat together, kind of like discussing, okay, what are the options? How can you pivot around? And you know, what kind of transferable skills have you got within a profession? And how can you use them? 
And it's just about yourself, so obviously, you know, in um, March, you basically, your bread and butter, boom, gone, and you have to make a choice what you were going to do with all this time. And like, just for yourself, like, what kind of thought processes did you go through at that point? Like, didn't, because I think many people would just almost get depressed or just very annoyed out of it. Like, how was that for yourself? What kind of emotional rollercoaster did you go through? Yeah, I mean, it was just very stark and, and difficult transition. So I, for the first two weeks, I definitely struggled that first lockdown. I was like, you know, sitting in front of the couch and watching Netflix and doing all that kind of stuff. And I think what is what is difficult is that there were still, because opera is planned very, very far in the future often, so still things in the diary for the future. So it wasn't as if March hits and I knew everything was cancelled. It was kind of, oh, this is cancelled, but this one is still in the diary, so that might happen. And it turns out that nearly everything got, got cancelled, uh, but I didn't know that at the time. So at first I thought, okay, this is going to blow over, things will return. But as things have developed, it seems that it's, it's going to be a very difficult transition. And indeed, even if things do come back, because of the nature of the profession, you spend years building relationships and contacts with people and it's not just like a corporate job where you can click your fingers and say, right, I'm going back to working 40, 50 hours a week or whatever. It it, it doesn't work like that. Um, so even if the, the profession comes back, it could take some years to to fill your diary again to the to the way it was in 2019. So basically, you know, obviously when everything went down, you knew the next, I mean, as of right now, you know, the next years, it's not going to go back to full time straight on the spot. And it's going to take some time. So you will have a lot of hours available to go and do something else or not to, if you obviously don't want to, but I can imagine with your personality, you know, you would get bored very quickly. Uh, yes. Yeah. Very <laughs> much so. Yeah, you're right. It was, you're faced with a choice. And for me, there were, there were two choices because if you're going in to a, a, another profession at a high level, you have to make some kind of transition. That wasn't something that I was prepared to do because I love what I do as an opera singer. I want to continue doing that in, in the future. And I, I don't particularly want to retrain at the moment. So I needed flexibility. And in my mind, I, that therefore, there were two options. And there was one to do a minimum wage type job where you can clock in, clock out, or start developing your own business ideas and, and kind of test the waters and see what you can do. And I'm very much fall into the the second camp there. So I, I I've always liked the idea of business. I've always tried little ideas here and there. And I thought this is this is for me. I applied for a couple of minimum wage jobs. You know, I got rejected from Argos and from Lidl and all of the all of these places. I start to think, well, okay, let what what are what are my skills? What can I do? And I came up with about three or four ideas and just started putting them on Fiverr. And it's been a really interesting experience. So I've, I've enjoyed that process. And now I'm at the kind of point where I'm thinking, okay, is this a pipe dream? Can I turn this into a business that, that works and, and, and that pays me decent money? Or do I need to crack on and, and really get my, get my skates on? So the way that I see it is I have a portfolio invested, and that's a huge part of my financial independence plan. If I become closer and nearer to ever tipping into those funds, then that's obviously going to sabotage my my FI dreams or goals. So 
it's an economical problem at the moment that my income has dropped. I need to replace that. How do I do it? Am I better served doing minimum wage job or business ideas? Or as you said earlier on in our little discussion earlier, maybe a combination of both. <laughs> it's actually a quick one. Uh, for anybody who doesn't know, what is Fiverr? Um, you mentioned two or three skills you were, uh, you were basically offering over there. Which ones? My most prevalent idea and the, the idea that I'm pursuing most seriously is the idea of confidence in public speaking coaching. So obviously, as a career, having a career on the stage, I understand what it means to stand in front of people and to deliver a message, whether that's sung or whether it's spoken. And I used to be incredibly shy. I think back to, you know, 12, 15 years old. I, I just didn't like meeting people. I didn't feel comfortable. Always hide at the corner of the room. And I started to realize, actually, this has been a real transition in my life. So how have I overcome that? Could I help other people feeling the same way if they're introverted or if they're wanting to improve presentation skills at work or that kind of stuff? I thought, okay, let's dabble with the ideas, test it out, see where it goes. And my first client was a woman that worked for Facebook, and which is not... Not a bad first client, I guess. Not bad. <laughs> and at Facebook, they have, you know, it, it's a very forward-thinking company, of course. So they have days in which they have discussion days. So this, this client was looking to improve how she not stands in front of people because it's all online, but how she pre presents in front of people when dealing with these particular discussions. So weekly discussions, sometimes she would be a participant and sometimes she would be chairing a discussion. So really guiding what the discussion is about and social issues and that kind of stuff. So we worked on that and it was a good relationship because she understood that I was figuring out how this teaching thing was working. And she was getting all of this knowledge from me, from my my kind of stage life and, and tips that I was able to give her. So I learned a lot from doing that. And although it was paid basically nothing, it was a great opportunity to, to test the waters. And now I'm at a stage where the website's been built, social media's going up, and it's something that I'm going to take much more seriously. And what I love about this idea is that if and when the theatre world comes back, it's the perfect thing. I can take my laptop with me, put my clients in, work it around the singing, and it it's a perfect complement to, to what I'm trained in as well. Nice one. And obviously, just a quick one. Fiverr is a marketplace where you as a freelancer can go offer your services and basically the whole world can hire you for whatever your rate is at that point. And I mean, many people use it, right, to get their business started, to get it off the ground. And I like actually that you start your own website because obviously Fiverr will take a pretty big cut of whatever you're earning. So by mm -hmm. doing it for your own website, you can at least... Correct me if I'm wrong, but that's what I would imagine you can you now keep that cut and also, you know, manage the environment. You offer your services yourself a little bit better. Yeah, exactly. So the, the dilemma for me was that because I started off at such a low rate, I was thinking, well, is there a market for this? Do people really want to improve their, their public speaking skills? Who are my clients? What kind of market am I really looking at here? And I, I battled with that idea for, for a long time, but I am of the opinion that there, there is a market there and there are, there are people charging really a lot of, of money, you know, particularly in London for, for these types of coachings. And 
quite frankly, I think I have more experience and more knowledge, particularly about how to use your voice since I got a master's degree in voice, that <laughs> I can I can use these skills and charge what I f- feel is is quite a reasonable rate compared to some of the, these other folks and really develop the idea. So it is a big transition going from Fiverr to, to building your own site because it's my responsibility to find those clients. So that's going to be a journey and that's going to take time as well. Triple Star, I like the transition. Can I ask uh, what you charged on Fiverr and what you're charging on your own website now? Yes. Yeah. Well, I mean, the website isn't built yet. So ah, sure. with the website, what I what I am going to do is I'm going to target specific ideas much more, well, much more specifically. So for something like someone wants to improve their, their confidence, whether that's socially or something like that, that will be a different rate to someone that's wanting to pre- prepare for a job interview, for example, or looking for presentation skills in the corporate sector. So I think it's it's a good idea to have those different uh, levels and specific ideas what, what, what you want to charge. So for something like an interview preparation, I'm thinking 40, 50 pounds an hour, something more humble for someone wanting to improve their confidence. And it was considerably lower than that on Fiverr. But with Fiverr, you you start, you build your client base, you get those reviews, and then eventually you can put it up. So it has it started at five dollars for 45 minutes, which is basically like giving it for free. <laughs> and now it's developed into something a little better. But I'm I'm gonna wean myself off Fiverr once the once the website's live and, and it's ready to go. Excellent. I like that approach too. And also maybe Fiverr is for any idea you have is a great way to just kind of test the market because they have such a huge reach. You can just throw your idea on there, sell it for nothing, but just test it, get this market insight. Test it. Yeah, I've had I did so many ideas on Fiverr. I started one two weeks ago, which I mean is is absolutely ridiculous. I mean it's 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 absolutely stupid. But I had great fun making it. And I put myself out there and I've had two orders. So what it is <laughs> is um I took a, a series of videos of, of the Queen and I thought, you know what, I can get the Queen to wish you happy birthday. So I do a little voiceover where I talk as the Queen and, and I mean it's a stupid idea. <laughs> but um but people buy it because they they think actually that's that's quite funny. I, I I quite like the idea of the the queen giving me a birthday message. Honestly, I think that's excellent. It's one of these things, you know, the whole digital download economy. Put it on Etsy, like principle. I mean, this is massively uh, popular in the US. Like all the bloggers promoting, become like a digital download entrepreneur. Develop like a yeah. cool spreadsheet, or I don't know, design for a table. People can download it, build it themselves, and charge them like ten, fifteen dollar a design. But a principle that can scale up like into millions because you only have to make one copy, one description, that's it. And yeah, yeah, I yeah. can imagine if you have a very cool voiceover of the Queen, people would, you know, everybody knows the Queen worldwide and you can. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Just, I mean, the ironic yeah. thing is I'm not very good at doing the Queen's voice, but what makes it funny is that I'm very bad at doing it doing it. And and I think that's what, what people kind of enjoy. And uh, it's so easy to do. The video is now created, so it's a standard video template. All I need to do is is then do the voiceover. It takes me like less than 10 minutes. And uh, this guy, I think it was 20, 20 or $25 that the guy paid. You know, just upload it to YouTube, do this kind of stuff. And easy peasy, great stuff. Legend. And I mean, obviously, you have the advantage. You like creating things. 
like designing these little quirky um, products or like, and you've got your background going for you. So this might not be as easy for everybody to copy, but I do believe that you know, everybody in them has you know, this skill, you know, they like you know, this particular hobby or this little niche thingy. Mm. And as long as you think critically about how can I apply this knowledge and, you know, is there any like marketable value in there? In our chat earlier, I was just thinking um, about a conversation I had earlier this week or a conversation with myself about, hey, I switch a lot of bank accounts. I love going into PDF documents. And I know it sounds weird, but just checking all the little details and switching from bank to bank. And in the UK yeah. and many European countries, you get a little bonus, aka 100, 150 pounds when you switch over. Well, you know, that's if you actually know how to do that in an hour, earning you know, 150 or so, is quite doable. Well, yeah, that's 700, 800 a year if you do it well. And why not actually offer that as a service to be people, hey, these and these accounts are available there. Um, switch over and, you know, I charge you 10% of what you make on it. Uh, but without me, you would never find out about these offers, about the pitfalls that come with it and the dangers. Mm. So maybe I should convert it into Surface 2 and go on Fiverr, give it a shot. <laughs> yeah, man, I think that I think it's a great idea. Really, really fantastic. And it's great that you, you think about those things. So if that ever happens, you've kind of got a plan of action already already there. And I think what's, what's great about that is you've, it's a logical thing, isn't it? So like you said, I'm a creative person. I like to create things. But even if you're not, we all have skills within us that we could market in some some type of way. So maybe it's not doing a voice of the queen, but it's 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 doing something where more that's linked with your skill set. But I, I do believe that we all have the the possibility to to do that somehow. I'm hundred percent agree. So if we you know just think out loud kind of for like a person starting out with these things you know they're you know either like you uh they're self-employed and they're stuck or they're like me and you know i haven't lost my job but say i would lose my job like how would we start out because in your process you really you know you were stuck you two weeks you're like ah, oh, what am i gonna do and you just jumped on it started with ideas and found ways around uh what yeah. would you say like for just a person starting out what would be good thing to start with like uh, what are the questions they should ask themselves? Yeah, so I think being really clear about what your intentions are is, is important. So for myself, when when March came, I realized that my my happy birthday side hustle or or whatever whatever it is, that's never going to replace my main source of income. And that's that's not its job. It's it's a side hustle. It's a way of making a little bit of extra money whilst figuring out what I want to do in the rest of my life. So I was really clear about that, that kind of intention. And that helps because then I think you, you take the pressure off yourself. So I tried a number of ideas that just didn't work. No one ordered them. And I love this phrase, like throwing mud at the wall and seeing what sticks. <laughs> and I mean, I tried lots of things. I did a voiceover. No one ordered that. Um, what else did I do? Um, accountability partnership that was a lot of hard work to a lot of very time consuming to do that but happy birthday thing is kind of cool i've done lots of variations on happy birthday so i also do uh because i'm an opera singer i do a operatic happy birthday that's been very popular which is it's been super fun so on i might actually order that one myself <laughs> but, <laughs> but the principle of you know you just keep I mean, I think the key is what you did. You keep trying. Um, 
you you know you get yourself a piece of paper, write down what are the things I'm good at, trying to find little niches, and then just develop products and services out of them and try them out there, try them out. And even if you just Definitely. earn a hundred hundred euro, hundred pounds, or even nothing, it doesn't matter because if you manage to find two out of the twenty that you like enough and you stick with, and over the next decades, um, every year they'll bring you a couple hundred, you know, in revenue, income, or whatever. That's quite worth it. And also, yeah, absolutely. definitely when I hear you talking about it, it sounds like you've had loads of fun actually developing these things. And it's something that keeps you motivated and going, even although you know it's obviously not your usual day rate or what you used to earn. But still, you know, I think for a lot of us, like no, especially for me, like too, like a lot of self-worth is tied to what you can earn on a daily basis or kind of like your job. Mm. And Losing that is it, really, really hard. As suddenly having to accept yeah. half, one third, one tenth the rates you were used to, and defining your self worth on the fun you're having instead of what you're earning. I think that's quite a difficult one. Yeah, and, it's 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 tough transition. It is tough. But I, what I what I like as well. Another thing that I, obviously that I created during the lockdown was the art of money saving, which is my personal finance channel. So, I podcast, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, all that stuff. And what I really like about that is that that's more of a hobby for me. And I thought, well, you know, if, if it gets to a point where it monetizes, then fantastic. But it's a labor of love. I really enjoy doing it. But it means that I'm able to tie in these two things together. So I have a lot of musicians that, that follow me. So I can speak about specifically about how musicians manage money. But also I get to tie in this stuff and say, guys, I'm doing an opera happy visitor. I'm doing a voice of the queen. What are you going to do this week? How are you going to be creative? How are you going to create something exciting, make a little bit of extra income? And it, it creates a dialogue and I think, uh, you know, a bit of encouragement for people to to try something. Excellent. And that's always what these podcasts are about, right? You've got some very technical ones that are like, oh, you can save money in these and these ways. But most episodes are about inspiring, informing like, hey, go and try this. Give that a shot. Um, but really getting people to act on the things they really do want to do, but don't do because they either don't know how to, don't find the tools or just, you know, lack inspiration. And for anybody mm-hmm. listening to this, like that's, I mean, I get inspired by you, you know, just listening to your story. That's just very much what I hope this conversation does. Get inspired and go and do stuff. And worst case, you waste a couple of hours and you've had fun. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's that's been the case for me. Some of these, you know, you create a little bit of a video and spend an hour or two making the, the gig and and it is your your time that's lost and so no one's ordered it but every now and again something will will stick and you'll you'll get some results and it's it's always encouraging then I, I think as as an entrepreneur you then start to understand that testing those things understanding what 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 the the need for the client is is, is very important and that's something that I wanted to keep in mind when doing the whole uh, public speaking and, and confidence coaching is I, I really wanted to test the idea. I didn't want to make you know, a huge grand website and spend thousands of pounds on social media promotion if there's not really a demand for that, that service. So I would rather go slow and steady and develop it in a, in a meaningful way and really help people and, like you said, inspire people rather than go for it crazy, crazy intense for a month or two months and then burn out, you know? I also think that's a fair point to make because what we just said about all these little examples, fire 20 uh, things at Fiverr, try them out. If you go all out and just then after a month, like, okay, I'm done with this entrepreneurial side hustle stuff, doing yeah. it in 
now in a right way, thinking about the reasons for what and planning it out too, like not spending 20 hours. I mean, if you find this one crazy marketable idea, please go for it and sell it for as much as possible. But with most of these things, they're just like little side hustles and it's, yeah, develop it slowly, let it grow over time. And Yeah, um, yeah. But take it seriously as well. I mean, I, yeah. I um, with with building the website mm-hmm. this, um, this week, I had two or three graphic designers from Fiverr that, you know, they had wonderful portfolios and examples of their work. I wanted to design a logo for the website. I was like, great. And they just didn't reply. And it's so, so frustrating because then you need to go through the appeals process and get a refund and something as basic as doing something, remembering that it's out there and that there could be at any time someone <laughs> that contacts you to to do that gig, that that's that's an important one to remember because once it's out there, you kind of can forget if you don't get the orders. And you have to be ready to, to go when the time comes. <laughs> Fair call. Quick question. Which platform did you use for your website? Uh, do, do, oh, do you mean to build a website? Yes. Fiverr. Ah, excellent. So as in you will hire somebody to do the entire website for you. Yeah, yeah. So I was quite careful about who I want. Actually, that was another thing that fell through. I, I hired a guy to to build a website and bought it, and then he just didn't get in touch with me. So I was like, okay, and that's that's the downside of using Fiverr. I mean, I would much prefer to use someone that is contactable and we can speak about designs, all of that kind of stuff. But when I'm starting in a position where I'm not wanting to put huge amounts of cost into the business idea itself that keeping costs low was something that was important to me. And uh, I found a guy and he's doing a really good job and um, we'll, we'll have to see how it turns out, but it's looking good so far. Excellent. And then even if, you know, even if that doesn't work out, once you've got this website up, you can add more services to it on the long run and build your online business portfolio out of that. Um, and maybe even sell like theater classes online out of it or like singing classes. Yeah. I'm, I'm not sure if you offer those, but who knows? Um, <laughs> no, exactly. Yeah. There, there can definitely be an expansion. What, what I love about this idea, yes, there's there's a domain cost and there's the website upkeep and all that kind of stuff. But principally, this business costs me nothing. It's, it's my time. And my time is valuable, but I already have the skills and I already have the knowledge. Now it's just connecting with, with those clients. Uh, and I, I really like the idea because what what put me off about starting a business, a new business that requires, you know, a lot of of services? Or I have a friend that's starting a baking business, for example. So she's constantly buying, you know, cookies and sprinkles and all of these kind of things. So there there are costs involved. And for me, in this very strange time, I am comforted by the fact that I am I am the service. And there could be a a way of expanding that, so I could bring other colleagues on board. So if I, if there's more of a demand, I could train some other people. I'm also thinking about doing an online course. So maybe just something that's kind of a standard t- template and then offer one one-on-one coaching or something like that. That's a, an idea that I'd like to develop as well. Excellent. And, you know, and now the fun thing is you start with one thing, but you keep building on top, on top, on top. And who knows? Um, and one thing I do want to cover is because you mentioned it earlier, minimum wage jobs, you know, mm. because you're in a good position, obviously you could afford not to get a job when this happened and just start all your entrepreneurial bits. But what about somebody who doesn't have that luxury? Because I think many people that have lost their job or 
um, you know, they just don't want to, you know, straight away go full and entrepreneurial and have a bit of income coming in to cover their cost of living. Do you think what you did is the absolute right way? Or can you also make an argument for getting a 20 hour minimum wage job to keep yourself going and do 20 hours of entrepreneurial stuff on the side? I battled with that for a long time, actually, because I could see that other people, as soon as March hit, and other musicians, and they were within a matter of weeks, they were already in financial dire straits and in really severe positions, uh, poor financial positions. I was like, oh my gosh, like I felt so guilty the fact that I had all this this money sitting in my investment account. I was like, oh, I don't need to work right now. I could I could not work for one year, two years. I can do whatever I want. And I really battled with that because I felt I felt guilty. Why why should I why should I be able just to kind of sit back and make all of these decisions? But essentially I came to the conclusion is that that's what financial independence or striving for financial independence is, isn't it? It's having the moment where you don't have to kind of jump through the, the hoop when you're told to. And you can make those decisions on your timing, not on the timing of someone else. And this period has been a, a huge example of that, that I, I have that flexibility by having that portfolio that I built up. Now, if you're not in that position, things are a little bit different, isn't it? And I think doing something, having that that work mentality where you you go out, you clock in, you clock out, you do what you have to do. I think that's really credible. And I always encourage people to do that. But also to simultaneously still be creative. Think about those business ideas as well. And you know, if it's on the weekend or something, do a couple of hours. And I think a lot of this comes down to time management. And I've learned that as a self-employed person. Like time management is the day can just go like like that and it's gone. And what you think, well, what have I done? If you really manage your time efficiently, I mean, it's of course, that's going to be hard, isn't it? It's easy for me to say, oh yeah, go go do uh, five days a week a minimum wage job and then start a, a side business on the weekend and see your friends and be with your family. Yeah, life is, life is hard, isn't it? But I think the, the next couple of years are going to be, they're going to be tough and they're going to be turbulent. So I'm getting ready to kind of strap in and, and do what I can to, to see myself through. But yeah, it, it's encouraging to, to speak to you, Alva, because you said, well, you know, just get out there, go to a minimum wage job. And I have a friend in my, my hometown in Wales. I'll be going back there in, in December. And he, he works, he's the manager of Domino's Pizza. And he said, anytime, please come back. I would love to have you delivering pizzas because I used to deliver pizzas there when I was 18 and 19 during my gap years. And uh, I might just do that. <laughs> and, and I also think we shouldn't underestimate the social element because being an entrepreneur is just really hard. The, you know, the social pressure on yourself, like, oh, I got to get this done. Just working in a few hours, doing a semi-easy job and delivering pizzas. And you know, it might also just feel good. Hey, I've earned a hundred pounds today. I got 20 in tips. Um, I drove around a bit and Absolutely. listened to podcasts at the same time. Yeah, yeah, I think you're absolutely right that that even if it's a, a minimum wage salary, that that stability, knowing that you're going to earn that couple of hundred pounds that week or whatever it is, that gives you peace of mind. And when you're starting off a business, you can't guarantee that you're gonna gonna make that. And if you're someone that needs the income, you're. I think that that financial stability and peace of mind is really important because. 
And that's where I'm kind of in this place of, is this a pipe dream? Am I, am I living in a, in a dreamland or is this something that can really take off? But, you know, I, truth is, I don't really know what the answer to that is yet. It's going to take a bit of time to, to figure out, but you know, that, that's okay. Not everything in life is, is always as clear as we would hope. Now, fair enough. And at the end of the year or after a period, you can obviously draw a line and say, I've made X, Y, Z, invested so many hours and compare and say, hey, am I happy with this or should I just drop it and go minimum wage or go and do something else? And that's That's fair. a really good tip, man. I, I like that tip. And when, when working as an opera singer as well, I would always have to remind myself of that. So I could go for a month without earning income and then the month later having contract, 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 like really such a huge variable income. And when I when you have those moments when you're facing more of a, a quiet diary, you think, oh, what am I doing? What's going on? And my rule was always look back. It's very easy to look forward and to see an empty diary or, oh man, this is going to be so hard, or oh, I'm not going to earn anything this this year or whatever. Always look back. And whenever I looked back, I was like, oh, actually, that was a really good year. I had some really good opportunities and income was good and yeah, I feel pleased with that, but I would never feel like that looking forward. <laughs> nah, and that's the trap of us being humans and no machines. But I think, you know, that, that makes this process good and hopefully we can learn something from it. So, hey, Josh, I think yeah. this was of some crazy value, at least definitely for myself. Because absolutely, nothing, nothing can I ask this... you one question? Can oh, I ask please? you one question before, uh, before, we, before we end? 100%. You were talking about your, your own ideas of mm-hmm. you you said about your own self-employed income tell us a little bit about about that how you how you got started good one so for me it was really i started quite young and it was just for me i always did a lot of random minimum wage jobs and i like just being in touch with people and working in a cafe working in a restaurant and by doing yeah. so i got uh, in touch with so many businesses talking to them and a lot of them just didn't have any proper websites and um no just like it really sucked what they were offering and i was like mm. hey i can do that better and uh you're being charged two three grand for uh, by a lot of these like software developers i can do this so just basically local cafe i worked hey can i do your website or hey can i help Maybe. out with this little product or you know can we just try this new menu and kind of like out of that developed products developed a few websites and that was kind of like the start of like my little side hustles. And what's also like worth mentioning, I've always kind of been looking on like ways where I can like leverage like margin differences. Like for example, what my university used to do is they had this library for charity and they were selling study books. But like for, you know, one euro, two euro books that were still selling online for 30 or 40. And right. yeah, this was in the early days where... You know, there wasn't such a thing as just like we didn't have Amazon in the Netherlands. We had like our equivalent, ball.com. And you could go on there and like look up a title. I'm like, oh, this sells for 25 on the spot. So me walking around there with my phone, like, hey, 30 for this one, I can buy it for two. Let's buy that one, that one, that one. Uh, And that worked out very well. Did a number of years in a row. And, you know, yes, it's not thousands and thousands of profit, but in that way, and if you stack a lot of these projects together, it got quite easy to earn a reasonable amount of money. And yeah. um, also one thing that's worth mentioning, just doing overtime. Like that's something, you know, I'm always up for if an employer offers overtime, I'm 
yeah, I'll grab it because often it's double pay. And as a mm. student, I maybe used to do it a little bit too much and too less partying <laughs> and too much working. But yeah, I think those are, yeah. So it's always, you know, when you think about what kind of project have I all done? Like for me, it's been such a wide range of websites, just practical. Hey, let's be a mover and help out moving somebody out for a day uh, to like working in cafes, restaurants, up to being Brilliant. an inspector of food. <laughs> wow. So That's amazing, all, man. Yeah. Big mix of just like little that. projects. Yeah. Little projects, but there's power in mm. small things, isn't it? So just having an idea, trying it, seeing where it leads. And I love that because sometimes we all dream big, mm. don't we? And, and it's good to dream big. But if you were to say to yourself, right, I'm going to become the best food inspector, or I'm going to, you know, I'm going to create everyone's <laughs> mm. websites in Edinburgh. And you kind of set yourself mm. up to fail because you know, that's not really an achievable thing. Whereas if you start with these kind of small step-by-step goals, see how it goes, see where it leads. I think, at least in my own experience, things become more achievable and you kind of encourage yourself then to keep persistent. And the same with the art of money saving. I mean, it's really hard to grow the channel. Um, did an Instagram story yesterday and I said, a friend of mine started her YouTube channel during the pandemic. And she put it on Facebook. And within a day, she had about 150 subscribers. Happy days. I've been doing this for eight months. And yesterday, I hit my target of 100 subscribers. So I was like, woohoo! <laughs> and <laughs> it's, it's a really, it's a slow burn. And persistence wins. You know, if you, if you keep at it, then you kind of, you kind of get there. Yes, and it's also just on a very last note, that's definitely with all these social media channels and building like an online, you know, kind of like hobby business. Don't bother doing it for the money. It doesn't work. It's doing it as a labor of love and because you want to share. Because in my case, I'm a horrible writer. I love talking. So that's where (laughs) podcasts came in. Um, Yeah, me too. Yeah. Yeah. And when you love what you do, when you have a passion for it, in those dark months of winter, when it's cold and it's miserable and you're not really feeling up for it, you will still create the podcast because it's something that mm. you you enjoy doing. And that's it. it's the same for me. So for the, the art of money saving, my confidence business, all of these things, something like there's an element to something that I really enjoy. Mm. But there's always parts of a job that are you know things that you don't enjoy as much. But if you have that element of enjoyment and passion, you're going to keep it up. And persistence in this, this day and age, very important. Yeah, and not gonna, I would have these conversations anyway. I mean, obviously, slightly different format than a podcast episode, but no, I would have them anyway and just love talking to like minded people like yourself and get these kinds of stories out there. That's the whole goal behind it. But mm. hey, Josh, I would just love to ask if anybody is happy to get in touch with you regarding coaching, just getting to want to know more about you. How can they find you? Of course. Yeah. So if it's for coaching, then you can write me an email on my, my new email address, which is the British Confidence Coach at gmail.com. And for the money personal finance stuff, you can find me on The Art of Money Saving. And I'm on YouTube my own podcast, Facebook, Instagram, or at The Art of Money Saving. I'm there. You can find me somewhere. <laughs> Excellent. Thank you so much. And we'll definitely link to those all in the show notes. And excellent. So everybody, I hope this episode was of some value. I mean, I 100% think it was. And yeah, Josh, thank you so much for coming onto the show.
My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Hey, Matthias, do you think there are not enough financial independence Facebook groups yet? Yes, there's definitely a shortage in financial independence Facebook groups. That's why we want to create another one. And the real reason is that we want to get some feedback on our episodes to have a conversation with our listeners, um, to follow on the topics. And you might also have some questions around our content. Gotcha. And also, we've been talking with more of you guys at meetups, on Reddits, in Facebook groups, the Five Europe retreat, obviously, we organized. And this is, in the end, the main reason why we started the whole podcast project to talk to guys like you, uh, learn more from you, case studies, answer questions, and like hopefully all grow and learn from that together in the end and become stronger, smarter, and hopefully also richer people. So, you know, Matthias, say I'm interested in this. Where do I find this Facebook group? Yeah, just go to your Facebook app and type in FI Europe podcast or just click in our show notes. There's a link for the Facebook group or go to our website. There's also a link. So yeah, just type in FI Europe podcast. See you in the group. Thank you guys for listening to this episode. We hope you learned something new and enjoyed the show. You can support us by doing this. Subscribing to your favorite podcast program and leaving us a review. Following us on Instagram and Twitter at Financial Independence Europe. Sending us an email with questions and feedback. We would love to hear from you. All the mentioned articles, books and cool resources can be found in the show notes at financial-independence.eu. Thank you for listening and see you next time.